How do you pronounce a tubular thing of meat you put onto buns? What are you talking about? Would hot it dog? be hot dog or hot dog? I say hot. I say yes, hot. you do. Thank yeah. you. I, I, I just want to like cut to the chase here a little bit because I know what's going on, and I almost want to help Matt with his editing here a little. <laughs> Thank you. Jeff. How do you pronounce Jeff? Do you say? Do you say? Jesus Christ! This is going to take even longer if you keep on offering new ones. What is the other one? Cot. It's like, hot. Caught like you caught somebody. Like you oh. caught a ball. No, I caught a ball. Yeah, we just cool. say caught. See, I say it differently. Good. Jeff, but you'll, you'll I, get only, this only I time. am being singled out. But there's a reason. Okay. Welcome to Docs Till Death, the podcast where old punks are talking about punk documentaries. My name's Jeff Garlock. I'm Pete Zetlin. I'm Matt, and I just want to finish up on this Kyle Rittenhouse. <laughs> Let's not of... leave this in. <laughs> so, today, oh, we got a Pete pick. Yeah. Those are say, the best I picks. Mean, we're not, we're not, I don't know. I feel like when I made the Kyle Rittenhouse joke, which we were talking about, we were talking about him in negative. I just feel like we need to make that clear for I anyone. hope that's very clear, yes. I don't think it. I we were talking about was uh, the picture of this scumbag real with the picture of the other scumbag? Uh, uh, Toby, did on. you take a picture with him? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of taking a picture of what? That's not a good segue. <laughs> Pete, what documentary are we covering today? We we all had the pleasure of watching Bane holding these moments. Came out <clears throat> in. This is our most recent doc that we've ever done. This came out in 2020. October of 2020. Um, Follows the... Primarily the last tour of Bane. In 2016. Uh, And this was directed by Dan Ellswick. I guess he decided... I think he was a super fan. Oh, you think? I don't don't know if he's self... self proclaimed super fan but if he identifies a super fan yeah i'm not sure where he identifies i don't know that but i would he, i mean i would imagine he claimed director but yeah that's, that's <laughs> it would be awesome. weird if he put his credit as super fan yeah, that'd be awesome if it like <laughs> but so, like instead of saying name director said name super fan <laughs> cameraman super fan <laughs> so he went out with them uh i think oh maybe it was 2015 and then they they started putting this into production uh, so this this doc follows the life and times of Bane, uh, goes through some history of them, uh, where they started, and then through the course of a long last tour. You put an emphasis on that log. It was, you know, was they, the last tour long. It wasn't clear to me if the last tour was long or if like the bucket list band bucket list was long, or if just the the documentary felt long of that right. tour. They yes. that that last tour was March through May 2016. So yeah. It's probably about it wasn't the full March and full May, uh, I don't think. Yeah. But so gets, we'll say it's about 2 months or something like that. Um but they also did all these final tours of like final Australian tour, final Asia tour, final Europe tour that weren't documented I mean, there's. I think there's footage in this doc, but that's not primarily what it was. It was really the final U.S. tour. Pete, you've been threatening this for a while. Uh, first blush, first impressions of the Bane doc. 
But, but, Jeff, can I back us up even further? Yeah, yeah. Beep, beep, beep. Let's go. Why were you threatening us? Like, what? What is? Why? Like, so I don't. Jeff was asking you what you think of it. I wanted to know why this has been. Uh, why the fire burn? Yeah. Uh, why did you want to hold on to these? Moments I was holding these moments uh, <laughs> because I wanted to come out with both guns blazing. Um, is, I, I, I'm not going to lie. That's this a song is, no effect. is that another Bane song? <laughs> that is, it's another Bane song. Um, I'm realizing I'm, I'm like all of a sudden I'm like so sad I can't play the game <laughs> of like integrating because I just don't know the discography well enough. I mean, if you just gave some blood, you'd know it all comes down to this. <laughs> oh, wait, are you passing me the note? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going off of the little idea. Yes, yes, I liked it. Go that on. was good. So I, I think... I don't, so if this came out in 2020, when did we start? When did we start recording? 2020. So oh. I I I was excited that it was coming out. I hadn't watched it yet. Sure. I didn't want to do it that first season. Um, and then I don't know. I sort of hemmed and hawed about doing it. I also knew that neither of you were like really into Bane. So I was hoping that not, this not would. Into Bane. Not not. I into think Bane. that's a valid. Yes, I'm not not into Bane. Okay, like, there are bands don't. I'm actively not into. It's not that yes. I'm actively yeah, okay. not into. This not band. at all. So I, I think maybe I was hoping this would pull you over to being Bane fans, or understanding so what I what I enjoyed about them. Sure. Yeah. So talk about like. I mean, is it? I mean, we could talk about it in terms of the documentary, but. I don't know if you really answered my simple question, which was what... Um, Usually he doesn't. It's kind of Pete's style. Why, so the question I think I asked the first time was like, <laughs> why did you want us to see Bane? And I, get, I mean, you gave someone of an I answer. I answered that. Because, you, because we, you wanted us to see it, basically, is what you said. But I mean, like, I what, wanted to see it, but... Yeah, why? Like, what, what, does, what does Bane mean to you? Um, I, they were like the first... I don't know what you... I, how would you classify this music? Hardcore? Uh, yeah, hardcore. Okay. <laughs> Guitar <laughs> ask a, ask a stupid question, get a stupid answer. I don't know what to tell you. Did you I, not... I think this was the did first Did you band. not watch the documentary, Pete? <laughs> I'm worried about here. I, had, I just had a mad moment. Um, <laughs> I, what is the internet? I, <laughs> I think for me... How, how would you classify this music? What? Like, what do you... <laughs> Yeah, but there's different. <laughs> they just say that they're a hardcore band every five fucking minutes in this thing. Right. But there's different styles, you know. Like, I think this was for me the first band that was around that I, I don't know, that had like the gang style vocals. Um, obviously, like Tenured Fight was around, but. I didn't feel as part I'll, I'll give of that. you, Pete, that before this, and to I understand why you're asking how we would classify it. I, because I've never been Thank super you. familiar you, with them, honestly, uh, and, and this is the first time I've completely gone through their discography, uh, I just always would have been like, yeah, Bane, they're a youth crew band. Uh, like, I was just like, yeah, they're a youth crew band, they're a youth crew revival hardcore band. Uh, and that's how I would have classified them. And now? Um, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> not really. That, though. But more, no. There's more. There is more. There's, there's. They're not really. They, I, they're not I a was, revival band. I think no, it's a nice. That's the thing. I agree. Yeah. It was, a, it was a misunderstanding. I, it, even bands that they mention in this, I was like, oh, those bands are more of revival bands, and also had moments of like, do I need to revisit 
reach the sky floor punch like all the kind of bands <laughs> that like i would be like no uh, i don't know i don't know if i need them in my life at this point because it's just like a time yeah. um uh but yeah uh but what would i really so, call them hardcore p okay yeah Thanks. so i think they were the first band that i when i was going to shows early on had i don't know whatever that was that you know gang vocals that everybody knew the vocal knew the lyrics and were like if you know i i was reflecting as we've sort of texted back and forth about <clears throat> sort of their emphasis on on the lyrics and about being part of a scene mm-hmm. i think for me you know like having the those first seven inches and being like Oh yeah, I'm part of like the scene, and like oh. there's this importance to it, and I'm part of it. Oh. Uh, you know, there was something founded in that that I think I felt part of. Um, Bane, the Bane seven inch was your Willy Wonka ticket into hardcore. Yes, yes. you found your, the golden ticket finally. Exactly, and it surprisingly wasn't wrapped in a paper bag. It we was all shocked. Yeah, and right. So that was like a big shift for me. Not that I was only paper bag at that point, but. They were they were also you know I mean they're from around uh, mm-hmm. you know guys from Converge so they were they were around but also Worcester um, so to have that band that was like not affiliated with like a New York tough guy kind sure. of thing and it was it was there I think was intriguing for me. We said at one point that the Strife Doc might have been like the closest to the world in a weird way like of like what we grew up in. And this actually was even more so. Yeah, like it was just like, oh, okay, wow, this is really just the vet, the the you know uh, the the it really was just like, yeah, like, okay, yeah, we know a lot of people in this sort of thing, um, and are just like it was like, oh, this is the this really is like the world at the very least adjacent at the same time. I think the I think Pete, I, I mean like we were joking with Pete, but I think his question like of how they what are they. Um, is is a good one, and it's I think it's like kind of like, and you just spoke to it too, Jeff. It's it's kind of like subtext for this movie. I don't think this movie makes a whole lot of sense if you don't if that question doesn't kind of come up, you know, like about what they are because they are like you can say like oh they're you can see why if you don't listen to them or you just see who likes them you might think that they're like a you know like a youth crew band right um, or a civil war reenactment band. Yeah, but 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 then when you get like, but people are invested in them in a different way, you know. And, like that's what you saw throughout this documentary. Like, yeah, they use hardcore tropes, um, so, like youth crew bands, but they yep. use them differently. Um, they are all always talking about the culture of hardcore, like youth crew bands, but they do it differently. <clears throat> and then, like you know, when we start talking about the movie, like lots of talking heads, lots of super fans. Yeah, and. That was, on one hand, surprising how many super fans they really had who showed up and, like, seemed like they had real connections with these people. But it also makes sense because, like, they did, in a certain way, carve, carve out, like, uh, like a unique... Like, they were working within kind of, like, a couple different scenes and, like, back and forth. But, like, I think they really, like, occupied a singular space. And, like, mm-hmm. when someone occupies, like, a singular space like that if they're going to be successful, people really great. Like they, they, they had a really, they were, they were doing something that other bands, they, they connected people. Could, I mean, this is just saying the obvious it's in the movie. They connected to people uh, in a way that a lot of other bands didn't. And I think a lot of it has, 
to do with like the inability to really peg down because if they were just another youth crew band it would just be another record to buy another thing that like these kids can buy like five different colored variants of and feel proud that they have in their collection but like the connection to Bane, i think for a lot of these people and pete is saying it and is deeper and i remember when i first saw them with that the first seven inch they're confusing you know and effort you know like and once you get it i think people get into it yeah yeah i mean those though that those first seven inches i mean i think for me I don't know why they the songs just connected with me. I mean, I really liked just sort of the build-ups, the mosh parts. There was, you know, they had really catchy parts, and it was this somewhere in between of, like, the youth crew, but then they had, like, some metal that was in there. You know, like, I, I think, like, uh, I think uh, as someone who loves genre, I, it's also very, genre is very personal to people. And... Uh, I think it's even seen in like people's reactions to Bane's music throughout where it would be like this kind of push-pull where like, yes, there were a lot of super fans, but they kind of even talked about it. It's just like, oh, you want genre, but you don't want it to, you want it to hit all the right tropes, but you don't want it to go too far from the tropes. And it's kind of this like moving back and forth kind of like amorphous blob. And... For me, like one of the reasons it just uh, uh, Bane themselves uh, never grabbed me, I think, is uh, I I I I like that style of hardcore, but I have like only like so much room for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and when you're when you're living in, especially I think those early seven inches, not knowing that, like, I only knew them on the demo. Like, I remember, like, that demo trying to be sold to me by this guy, AJ, who I was surprised didn't show up in this. Whackpack? Uh, not Whackpack AJ, a different AJ, Shout who out. was, like, around the Connecticut scene, but it was also around the kind of Eastern Connecticut, Western, like, you know, shows that we would kind of play. Um, but, like, I remember hearing and just being like, oh, I already have these bands. And, and mm-hmm. like, hearing this stuff, too, I was like, to me, the, the the biggest connective tissue of those Bane seven inches listening to them now, I was like, oh, it sounds like Turning Point to mm-hmm. me. And I don't really need another Turning Point. Mm-hmm. And, and I know other people would need, like, I need a billion grindcore bands. I need a billion death metal bands. But, like, I kind of only need that one Turning sure. Point LP. And so I think that's part of it. Combined with, it's it's not a knock but I think if you're living in a genre and like in the world of that type of hardcore, uh, the singing never grabbed me because if the yell, most yells in hardcore are kind of like you've decided on one tone, you've decided on one note. I never really gravitate. I never really loved that note, like mm-hmm. uh, like his vocal. Like I can see why people would be into him, but I was just like, oh, I'd like other notes. When it comes to that sure. stuff, the, again, like this was the first of the this. I don't know if it was the first, but it was the first band that like I got to see and would go see. Um, right. Not regularly, but when they play, go see them. Um, and I think, you know, like Brendan and Luke were into them, so we would go. You know, go catch their shows or like be moshing in the car to you know those songs when they came on and do dumb stuff like that. Um, sure. But then after I stuck with them and then it, it was funny to see the documentary because when I got um, 
that first LP, it all comes down to this. I was mm-hmm. turned off. <laughs> and then to hear them of like, I mean, the to hear them being like, this This is kind of embarrassing, this album. Uh, is that the one that Steve Austin recorded? Yeah, I was kind of like, oh, okay. So like, I wasn't alone with that. Um, As I told you before I we started, that's the one I that. like the most. <laughs> of course. <laughs> when I listened to the whole discography, that's it does the one have the like most their, interesting their stuff. sort of like their song on it but beyond that uh it seemed to have like the weirder metal chorus parts here or there like and it was like a, it was li- listening to that i i think i mean that's the other part that i'm amazed that i didn't like them because i like there is you can you can hear some converge especially in mm-hmm. the early stuff like oh, you yeah. can hear the way like it'd be like converged through youth crew mm-hmm. um uh, uh, but yeah, in that one, I was just like, "Oh, those backup vocals are screamy, screamy." Okay, I like that. Right, <laughs> like, I could get into that. Yeah, I mean, Zach is definitely doing. I think he's doing most of the backing vocals when you hear like yeah. that, that louder scream, uh, which is, is like you know, it's like what you would hear in Barrett too. They weren't the most respected of the bands, and it actually shows up as a way to transition into the movie. Um, there's the guy from Ten Yard Fight who who makes who makes the crack about how they were invited. To, I don't know if all the band, but he was invited to the sing along for the second seven inch. I may or was it on a demo. Well, I don't remember, but he was, it was a sing along. Yeah, and it must have been the second. I think it was a second seven inch, and they were in, a bunch of people were invited, and like half the people were singing, like so, like just. Please like a potty joke rather than the actual lyrics to the song. Mm-hmm. Shit your pants. They were saying shit your pants. Yes. And being like, yeah, we did this. And it's like funny. And it's like like getting one over on them. And it's like a weird vibe, right? Like to go to a, to go to be asked to do something like that and then try to get one over. Right. And I only bring that up because like that's a lot of like, you know, like there's a lot of posturing involved in that. Mm-hmm. And then like what, what, what sticks out is that Bane took it, they ran with it, and they kept going. And there seems to be this, like, um, like haters, naysayers, all that kind of shit. Like, they're just keep... They, like, I mean, like, that's the story of this movie in a certain way. They just kept, like, doing their thing. Right. And and it rubs a lot of purists. It could, you can see how it rubs purists the wrong way. It's pretty remarkable to see, like, how popular they were at the end. Um, when people were like, "Oh, you're not fitting in this niche so hard in the be- in the beginning of their career, so I'm not going to like you," or you know, like your reaction, Jeff, I actually think is not the reaction of because you were like, "Oh, they're too youth crew." Mm-hmm. I think early on they weren't youth crew enough for a lot of people. That's what I could imagine. I mean, for me again, like it was like after the de- it was like the demo. I had I just didn't even. I'm not sure I listened to anything after the demo. Like this might be the first time I've really heard any Bane music. Right. Um, and partly, I, th- I, I, I think partly it's like not. I think partly it's like going to school in Boston, and kind of, uh, you know, both uh, kind of interacting with that kind of world, uh, and you know, growing up in Connecticut and we'd see Tynard fight, etc. But kind of like interacting with that version of Boston hardcore. And uh, just not really being a part of it and kind of having like a little bit of a distaste for it. Um, yeah. And it's like not musically, but just like, I don't know, the kind of bro aspects of it and 
And um, these guys subvert that, right? They kind of like weirdly occupy that sp- in that same space, but they're not a broy band, right? That, that, like, yeah, I think that we we all do that to some extent. Like growing up, we just kind of like lump in mm-hmm. uh, yeah, bands sure. with uh, uh, scenes that we, maybe they really aren't a part, or like you know beliefs or kind of just the shitty people that are connected to it, um, uh, and especially uh, when. Again, going to BU, it was like that was like I don't know if I, I sometimes look at like all just like it's like the the, the maybe it's like uh, Bane in this world. It's like if I look back at all of our friends in BU, like especially early on, it's like such a slam of like every state and every type of hardcore kid all at <laughs> yeah. once, and it was like you know especially when seeds actually meant something. Like sure. honestly, there was like. You know, Matt was from New Jersey, so I knew what his New Jersey deal was in my mind in Connecticut and then had its own thing. And then the, our Staten Island friend and then our, you know, youth crew friend from New Jersey was different than Matt's version of New Jersey. But there was intro and it was just like a weird uh, thunderdome of trying to see who would like kind of come out in the end <laughs> as still friends without just the basic like we've got hardcore connecting us. Um, and yeah, it does seem a little bit like that was like the story in the movie of Bane to some extent was just like that. It, it's, they, they seem to be like in the scene and not the scene, like in mm-hmm. the scene and not in the scene all at once. Um, which they also were like the scene for people, right? Which is crazy, right? Like at some point we got like, like actually like point to specific things in the movie, but like. It's, this movie's full of talking heads, and for so many people, like they seemed like the scene, like like they were like the band around which their understanding of hardcore and punk kind of they, they were the gravitational force in their in that world. Right. Well, I think it, I, I mean it to me. It makes I mean it makes sense. I mean mm-hmm. they were touring so much. Yeah. I mean it's. It's wild how little they put out and how much touring they did and how much yeah, they when they toured. point out that one section you know, where, where they like, didn't put out a record for four for, years on yeah. like you know whatever they had maybe two records and a set. it's nauseating yeah. thinking about how much touring they did like it just made me sick thinking about how much touring <laughs> I did and I was like not even close to this <laughs> <laughs> so th- yeah they're touring nonstop uh, so they're probably seeing these people you know pretty regularly. Um, and just yeah. became sort of mainstays. And I also think, again, like back to the approach with lyrics and just sort of their positive, you know, nature. I mean, I, Jeff, I'm sure you, you must have, you played with Barrett. You, I'm sure you met yeah. Zach quite a bit. Um, he always came off as like a very, uh, for me, like the times that I met him, um, you know, Bane played the second year of the fest, which is always funny to think about. But and Barrett played too. But they, uh, he was always just like very welcoming and a nice guy, and not what I sort of would have expected from that band or that scene. Uh, yeah, because Barrett was, was wild, uh, right? But also, yeah, I, in my mind, you know what I will say in my mind he wasn't and then watching this i'm like oh wait i just wasn't approachable <laughs> like honestly <laughs> i i think like watching it and now talking about it with you two it does like i wonder if bane 
it seems like at least the story, but also seems to be the memory that like they they it's not like they were a hundred percent embraced, but they kind of grabbed on. They kept going like and that I admire as always. Like I admire any. I was just like, no, you just fucking do the work. Like fuck it, yeah. just keep doing it. Uh, uh, but also, is that why? Uh, and I I don't say it in like derogatory term, but they could like get into like the warp Tory world and like pass that because like could they be the band that like maybe uh, and maybe one of the reasons like they were like oh we played Worcester and there was like 150 kids like and this is like you know I've been there Bane like it's like way too far into your career and you're like fuck what is going on with our trajectory here. <laughs> But could Bane also, like, clearly there was a lot of super fans that get interviewed in this documentary. Could Bane be also the band that's, like, in my mind, how, like, Deaf Heaven is for some people, where it's like, I don't really listen to any black metal, but I've listened to Deaf Heaven. Mm -hmm. Like, it's kind of, it, like, supersedes in a way, because there's enough going on in them that's like, well, I'm kind of this type of underground music kid. I can grab onto this part of Bane. Uh, and they've got enough of the youth crew stuff, so I could be like, "This is my hardcore band." Like, uh, that's a pretty good point. I mean, I think yeah. that for me, that probably was what they were because I wasn't searching out a ton more bands. Well, I think that's why it's always so fun, and we bring up Bane all the time with you, <laughs> is because it doesn't make it. It makes sense. It doesn't make sense right, at all yeah. that you're like, "Well, what about Bane?" <laughs> like, because you don't listen to the any record, other I youth crew like bands. That. Yeah, I'll get one. Uh, <laughs> for the record, big, as I'm speaking right now. <laughs> but there's hold on. There is one difference, though. Like I, I was, I, I hear what you guys are saying, but when you were asking the question of like, are they the Deaf Heaven of like hardcore? The difference is that Deaf Heaven isn't really like a, a black metal band. In, in right. you know, like they are. Ooh. You can. I mean. No, they're like post black. I mean, like, I, like what? You, uh, you I can get call it. Them, they just rip off Orchid. I read the early reviews. <laughs> You can call them like a post black metal band, a black gaze band. You right. can call them um, like a hardcore band that <laughs> like right. initially trafficked in like black metal imagery. You know, like it's not anything about the quality of the music. It's just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But like, where Bane is a hardcore band, and that's what's like the difference, right? Like, so yes. like, so people who listen to Death Heaven are a or a lot of people. You know, black people who listen to black metal listen to them, sure. But like, it's also a lot of like hardcore kids who like them because they're essentially a hardcore band and I don't understand the NPR connection to Death Heaven like that makes no, no. sense to me but it's, it's no. real yeah um, but then Bane is like that hard so it's not a lot of people who like other genres who just find this band and that this band Death Heaven doesn't really have a black metal audience but they've got a lot of other audiences which is what right. you were describing where Bane feels like this band where it's hardcore kids who aren't tied into who aren't like I think this is why they don't fit in and way maybe they got some shit early on because they aren't doing cookie cutter uh, rev band by numbers. They themselves have like a foot in like five different doors. And like for a lot of purists in these different scenes, it's just like a, it's a non-starter. But then if there's a whole world. I think what you this, they show and who their super fans are are people who like legitimately like hardcore. They don't want the tough guy shit. They don't want the attitude. They actually want the positivity without the kind of like you know dick swinging. Sure. And and I think there's something that that plays into this too, which is like the touring is crazy. That amount of touring for that mm -hmm. little output. But it makes sense for a band that's like all about. 
the experience yeah, right. to really yep. just be touring all the fucking time. You know, and there's a certain way in which people who there's a certain kind of person who loves the experience of going to a show and they are like the poster children it seems like for that kind of like positive experience based thing like so i think i guess that's why i was thinking though of that like i i agree that it's it's not a one for one the deaf heaven example but it's like when it's like i don't really listen to heavy music or heavy music anymore but still deaf heaven will work for me sort of person yeah. no i get it yeah, uh, I think and then right. it's like it does feel like there's there i would imagine there's a world of bane fans that are like I'm really into the scene anymore. I don't really like a lot of hardcore bands anymore, but like Bane's always going to be there. Like, you know, yeah. they work really well. Like that, that can be my one. That can be the one that like I get a babysitter for and we go out. Like, Seems and like I get it. Case, right? Yeah. Like, and it totally yeah. makes sense. Uh, I think that's the interesting though, part two of that. I was like thinking about watching this and, Again, I feel like I'm constantly like feeling like I want to say like none of this is derogatory towards the band. It's just me really trying to like kind of parse through it. Like from what I could see, it makes more sense to me now that we've kind of talked about them being a little bit on the outskirts. Like and you know, kind of now remembering how no matter how much talk about the scene there was in Boston, and I'm sure they could have said the same about our scene or whatever, I'd be like, mm, feels a little exclusionary. Like, it's not really much of a scene. Like, that's yeah. welcoming me. Uh, uh, and I'm sitting here, like, you know, swinging the flag of hate breed. So, like, you should, but... Uh, and uh, I was just like, think, there's like a weird, interesting, which again, maybe is explained by this, but like cyclical nature to bane which is maybe also a reason why people can grab onto it but with their lyrics where i started to be like well i'm looking at all your lyrics and and not that they're all about hardcore in the scene but like a lot of them feel like they are and it's like and even that is its own little like trope of hardcore of like singing about the scene singing about how like it used to be like remember those days when we remember like this and this and it almost was like uh there was like a little bit that I was just like on like the therapy end. I was like watching. I was like, well, if all these songs are about the scene and remember how it meant so much to us, but you're singing along with like hundreds of people mm-hmm. who seem to be in this scene. I don't. It it it's 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 a it's a non non plus or it's non-existent. Like it's like it it almost like it eats itself. Does that make sense? The lyrics. The, what I'm saying the, about it that the, it's the, like the lyrics. The lyrics are you're saying if the lyrics are undermining about, the thing that's you're actually exist. It's 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 like looking at how many people are so into Bane in this documentary, and that it does seem to mean so much to them, mm-hmm. and that there seems to be a scene. In a weird way, I just started to be like, and I've had this problem with other hardcore, like of like kind of like adjacent or youth crew, youth crew or youth crew adjacent bands, where it's like, why are we? You're just, you're you're talking about a thing that isn't true. It's like a false premise mm-hmm. in a weird way. It's and and part of that is like my like sketch teacher brain of like when I would teach like sketch comedy and be like. I get what your joke is in this thing, but you're coming from a false premise. Like it doesn't make sense. Like it, like you, you've, you've, your base reality isn't exactly there. Again, the scene and how like don't let and it, it, it meant so much to me. And maybe it is just more of their. They could be looked at as like they're talking in real time. Uh, 
about like let's not forget this now. That's what I'm saying. Was it past tense or because I I mean I only read Maybe the, not. I didn't read because the lyrics on this that they kind of you know that were that showed up on the that were um, showed up in the movie that were kind of like you know, transcribed on the screen. A lot of them, I don't remember all of it now that you're saying it, but like I thought a lot of them were like present tense, which would be different than like, yeah. like don't let this moment, like, you know, because I was going to make a joke about the name of the movie, which is like holding these moments right. because though these and those, right? Like those are you always like refer to thing in the next sentence, in the last sentence, these moments are a referral to the thing that like is under being described or about to be described. Right. And so it, it actually would, I mean, along these lines, it would make sense it's like it is a very pre- it's a present tense. It is like look forward looking, and so it doesn't have that whole like I remember the day, you know. Like it it doesn't have that. Qu- At least the title doesn't have that quality. Which maybe though is I mean maybe that's the thing. And like again, like I, I it's 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 me trying to uh, go through a discography that I've you know only recently like listened to once, but just like the interestingness of like that if there's a consistent. Uh, uh, there's a consistent topic to the lyrics, but they are, as you're pointing out, like if they are in the present tense, and I think they might be, that's also one of the reasons why maybe they like people could continue to glom onto them. Yeah. Because you're feeling like you're in an active thing versus the fun thing, but also the absurdity of like, even when I like listen to like, a gorilla biscuits and i'm just like like wait aren't you guys like 16 like you've already complaining about how the scene used to mean more and then when it came to our age and it was like yeah whatever like you could tell me the stories about how like the boston scene went downhill and wolfpack and all this stuff but like and and fights were breaking up shows and they weren't happening but like when the again the lyrics start to become just like complaining about how the scene used to be better basically <laughs> no it's re- it's reactionary and that's why i think it's it might be different here because they don't they read very much like not a reactionary band like there's something very conservative and reactionary about a lot of the youth crew stuff and it makes sense why these guys would not be on the ends with that because right. they just seem more fucking like legitimately positive and like wanting to you know just in their demeanor and then their willingness to try new things. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, if I was in a rate Bane, not listening to them, I would, I would give them a very high rating after this movie, but, um, but maybe that's, I mean, that's different than the movie itself. Not that the movie itself is, is a bad thing. Um, But I'm just saying like this movie, we, we haven't talked about the movie. What we've talked about how this movie is in a certain way, won us over to the band. Yes. But that doesn't necessarily mean the movie's good, although it doesn't mean it's bad either. Our kind of classic question, like, who is this made for exactly? Like, uh, uh, what was the kind of intended end goal of it as yeah. a movie, not just as a, you know, uh, love note to Bane? Because like, it, it clearly exists as a love note to Bane. Um, but it, it, it is like those bits where I was like, oh, is it like a it's not really explaining the mass scene it's not explain and and even the structure i was getting like thrown off the structure where it, like it felt fine like in like i but i also was like oh what are we what is the flow of this is it that yeah. we're it's about this last tour oh we're gonna jump back it's about maybe the history of bane 
is it about the emotion of Bane and not really the history of Bane? Like, or is it kind of touching on all that? Um, uh, yeah, I think like it, it's much. This movie is much like the correction we made to Pete at the beginning for you and me. Is that we're like not not into Bane? Yeah. <laughs> like we're just not into Bane, and like that's how I kind of felt with the movie. I was like, it's good, like it works. But I don't like if I but it, I was like, would I love that? Would I like this movie as a movie more if I had any personal connection? Hmm. Right. I mean, I think the like when we when we watch when we watch Strife, uh, I didn't have any connection to that. And it was it was filmmaking. It was that it was a film, Pete. It wasn't a movie. It was the like, Strife One Truth Live was a film. Oh. Yes. Yeah, so Darren Doan. <laughs> Uh, classic strife. <laughs> yes. That surviving strife. Surviving strife. Um, <laughs> that had a connection to you that yeah. maybe on that watch still felt like, oh, you know, I was at the show and and so I think I think for the this primarily is probably for the Bane fan as sort of a I mean I think also it's rare Maybe not rare, but the fact that they had announced that they were going out, you know, like, this is our last tour. Mm -hmm. Like, there was the opportunity to document that. I'm not saying that they set that up just to do so, but, um, you know, all the interviews were around that because they knew it was coming. And so they're reflecting as they're going in real time to these shows about, you know, this is the last time we're going to be in California or wherever they are. Um, Right is different than a lot of other docs in that way. Um, and I don't know. You know, I don't know if you didn't know Bane, how you would come away from this, if you'd want to know more. Uh, it It's sort of like what you were saying, Jeff, Like, or maybe Matt, is that like it's sort of doing all those things. Like it is, I think you were saying, Jeff, like it is looking back in history. It is about the emotion. It is about the shows. It is about the lyrics. Like, I think that's also why it felt like there was many endings along the way. Is like, wait, is this the end of the movie? Oh, wait, is this the end of the movie? Um, because it's doing a lot. Like, it's telling the history, but then it adds something else into it um, through the, the course The movie of it. is a little bit like when they're trying to come up with the set list for the last show, and they're like, God, <laughs> Should- we don't want to, like, overstay our welcome. Like... And then someone's like, this is your last chance. Go for it. And they're like, fuck it. 26 songs. And it felt a little bit like that, where like my ideal as a Bane layman would have been a, a tight hour and a half doc. Yeah, how uh, long was this? Two hours. Two hours. Okay. Hour and 50 with four endings. And yeah, but what's okay? So you say there's four endings. Yeah, what were your four? But then like. I don't know if oh, I, I can't remember if I had a mark down exactly, but I kept thinking like it was more of just like I had like at least three to four moments. I'm sure I'll see where I was just like probably wrapping up soon. And then I press pause and be like an hour. <laughs> <laughs> what can we even <laughs> fill this with? But they did it. They did it. But, they did. They did. But harder than the four. What were the four endings was like, what is the skeletal? St- and this is just to, to kind of flesh out what you guys are talking about like what is the skeletal structure of this movie i don't i they, don't know that i could figure it out because they do there is the history but then it 
goes into the final tour. Yeah. I think it's supposed to be, I think you said at the beginning, Pete, like this is about largely uh, around the final tour. And I think that's like the, kind of like the through line where it's like, mm-hmm. it's as if like you're reflect. it's almost like a, it almost seemed like a, a, a video like you would get at the final tour, you know, yeah. like right. where it's just like here where we are, let's go back to this thing. And then we're going to come back to the present and go back. It's kind of like true detective season one in that way. Oh, Ooh. wow. <laughs> Tell me more. Yeah. Uh, well, I think if you don't, I, yeah, like I, I think like uh, maybe that would have. It's like one of those things. It's like maybe that would have helped, but also maybe it wouldn't have mattered. Maybe it is supposed to be more like the equivalent of, and again, not saying in a bad way, like what you would get on the last show. Like it's like this is for the super fan, uh, just because like the the shows start to be a barrage. Like I'm like and and. Uh, there are definitely moments in it where I'm like, this is interesting to watch in in a lot of ways because I'm just like, yep, that's touring. Like, yep, uh, that is touring. Like, sleeping on people's couches, etc. There's always the moment when it's just like, can uh, can you believe I was sleeping on people's couches? And I'm like, I don't know if I ever got above that point, uh, (laughs) but it's cool. (laughs) Um, uh, Wait, it was more than just sleeping on couches? Yeah, you could not uh, (laughs) sleep on a punk couch. Um, But, I, I mean, I think it's also, honestly, I think it's one of the reasons, I think it's one of the reasons they could exist probably for as long as they did but also, beyond that, if it's for the super fans, I maybe my ideal would be a shorter doc. Is like, it's not that I need a behind the music, but like, like style, like, and then this crazy thing happened. But they really are like me on tour. It's like celebrities are just like us, sort of thing. You know what I mean? Like where it's just like, yeah, you got donuts, and you ate them. I'm with you, man. He ate a lot of donuts. Yeah, and I got hungry the whole time, and I was like, I wonder if those donuts are really that good. Like, I'd be interested in trying those donuts. I did think about that. They're all all yeast donuts, so I'm going to go ahead and say they... Oh, we're the best, because those are the best donuts you can get, are yeast donuts. You're a yeast guy over a cake donut? Yes, 100%. This is Hundo a subject for another day. Percent. That's punk food, volume two, yeast donuts versus cake donuts. But it's just like, I, it's hard when... Uh, if it's if if the ma- going back to what you said, if the main what is the main structure? If the main structure really is the tour, to some extent, uh, if it's just a barrage of the dates, and then honestly, the shenanigans are like what we got into, which is not that exciting. Like in the grand scheme, mm-hmm. like there's not enough shenanigans to warrant as much time for me as the layman watching it. Uh, right. uh, but maybe like the you know. The, the hardcore fans from Germany who flew in were psyched to see every single moment. But I think that's the thing. It's like that's where it fell. Also, like this one is like maybe the closest to how we all, when we toured, toured. Because it was just like, all right, here's some footage of junk jumping into a lake and then food and then like kind of th- like being, you know. You saying that, I think, I, th- I mean, J- Pete said the tour was like the, you know, kind of what it was revolved around. And then you said this thing about like, there wasn't enough and they kept jumping in and jumping out. I think you, you might be able to say like the tour was 
the loose structure of the movie, but the tour wasn't the main point of the movie. Right. It was the it was the kind of the framing device. Because if you think about it, like the history is kind of like an obligatory thing in these movies, right? Like you know, like of a, of a single band, but it didn't really serve the purpose in the movie of just kind of like you need to know how this all happened, right? right. Because if you did, you'd be like, where'd the first drummer go? Wait. Yeah. When did Aaron leave Converge and why? Like, there's all these questions. Mm-hmm. If you were really doing, like, the history, you'd answer these questions. And you'd focus on everybody in the band, when they left, when they didn't leave. What the history of the band shows you, or the way, the way it's presented, what it shows you here, is how friends came and went in, in, through the band, right? Like, it was about, like, think about the red-headed drummer guy. Right. I can't remember his name, I'm sorry. The guy from Reach the Sky. Uh-huh. Nick. Or close call. Nick. Close call, I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 I'm sorry. Close call. Um, like, when they talk about him joining the band, it was like, it, it, it wasn't to give you this grand narrative of the band. It was about how he was a fan and how he got into it. But then even more importantly was like when he left, the whole anecdote about how he almost had this like breakdown. It was in Montreal they had a show and yeah. like how it was like this like kind of emotional moment for them and how it was like this first not a crack, but this first kind of like shift in the dynamic that let them know that this band wasn't like that had a lifespan. A certain, yeah, yeah, it had like a lifespan. And Another moment of, in this, I was like, I hear you, man. <laughs> yeah, but all of that was to speak to the, the dynamic between them as a band, and then the, and and their friendships to each other, and everything featured in that way. Like another way of making the the, the case that I'm trying to put forward here is that like there was as much time. Sp- spent maybe to maybe almost as much time spent to with the like the demo and get them getting it together and like they just drop that Kurtz in the band at some point right and then it's like it's quickly over like that would be if you were doing like the wow this band's important you would focus on that because he's a big important dude if you wanted to focus on like no who are the people who are actually important in the little microcosm world they make and if kurt's not part of that you don't focus on them right but anyway they spend as much time in that like early like who the band are as they do with the replacement bass players so the whole thing at the end about the replacement bass player going like almost skipping the final shows because his mom passed away right like it's really notable i think in a very in a very kind of lovely way that equal attention is paid to both of those things in this movie Right. Right, because that tells you more about what the movie is about than the tour. Right. The tour is a structure, but these like little things about the lives of the people and how the band affects them and how they interact is really what the fucking mm-hmm. movie is about. Yes. That's a good point. I think I agree. I think I still was left of like, if I had gotten an hour and a half of that. <laughs> really, It really would have like hit me home. Like just because, again, like it's like, at a certain point, um, and we've encountered this with other, like, kind of talking heads, but, like, uh, you know, where a lot of, like, in this one, I was like, oh, yeah, a lot of these talking heads are just fans, which is nice. That's the that's what they're going for. That's that the is aesthetic, what the story sure. is. Yeah. That's what the aesthetic is. But there's only so many times, like, as someone who, like, I'm not invested in them that I, I need to hear about how important they were. Because, uh, uh, again, just thinking in story terms, but like it's also just a simple fact of 
that's why the celebrities are just like us. Like they're kind of the same where it's like, it doesn't seem like there's many exciting things. Like they, they really are like one of the reasons it seems like they were able, they were touring for 20 years was we just did it. Like we did it and you just kind of get in the van and you do it. And it's like, we're and, and, Honestly, saying this as a 43-year-old straight-edge man, there's often not many interesting stories of a straight-edge man on tour. So fill in the gaps with that with a bunch of, you know, basically everyone's straight-edge. Um, uh, you know, you're like, okay, great. Basic tour shenanigans. And then broken up with more people telling me that they're, like, everything to them. Um, and it's just, like, I think the point maybe would have... I'm just wondering if the point of that, if that's the, the, the kind of theme, connective tissue is of that, if it would have just uh, hit me a little bit harder with a little bit less. Sure. But I think it's in that sense, it's like, it is, it's like a love letter to the band. And so they're sure. bringing in, because I think back to Matt's point, like the, the idea of that human connection is so important to them, then I think as a fan that resonates in having all of these people who, I mean, one, they had like a lot of band members, so there's that in itself, but then also the amount of people who were connected to the band, um, that were included in it. So it just, yeah. The presumption that Aaron, I think his name is makes, um, early in the, Oh, sorry. Um, no, no, Aaron, Zach, makes early in the movie early when they're in California and he's like yeah and like it's sad I think it's Zach who says it where he's like I think they're gonna come back and I'm like I'll see you guys in or maybe it was Aaron uh, Dahlbeck like oh I'll see you guys at the show and the shows on the east coast and they're like oh, and yeah. then he's he recounts how all the fans were like no we were this is it we're not coming right. back but that presumption that I mean it's kind of funny and sweet like that he assumed that these people would fly <laughs> all these people would fly out for the last show right. Um, because there is that kind of, I mean, it's sweet because there is that connection, but it's also like funny because it's like, what kind of money the punks you run with? Um, but you know, you guys, I, I'm like wondering Jeff, as you're saying this, you know, and he's responding to it, like, is this movie even for us or you, you know, um, and you know, yeah, us, but like, is it like you in particular? Because I'm like, the first question I wrote down after the movie was over, after one minute, one hour and 59 minutes were up, would this movie land in any way for a non-punk? Because the question is like, if the movie is about the dynamics and the friendships and, and, and just like, yeah, who they are to each other and who they are to their fans, does that idea carry to, if you're, if to someone, if they're not punk, like could someone in the NPR set who loves, Deaf heaven for whatever fucking reason they do, which I don't get. Could that person connect to this and be like, "This is a movie about a subculture and a particular, you know, artistic, um, uh, you know, outlet that is both a cult"? Like, would would someone in that world see something in this movie, or do you have to be invested? I, like, I kind of think watch- you have to be invested. I think yeah. like it doesn't. It doesn't have enough of a uh, entry point, and I know we talk about that with other documentaries of like, does this need to go over this information like uh, haven't we heard this before uh is is this just a video that could be playing in a museum about punk or hardcore but no i do, i i'm now kind of glomming onto 
I think Matt, you said that, or was it Pete that it's like this does feel like a movie that's like given to you like it feels like uh you could have been given this with a last ticket, yeah, like sort of thing, like it's part of the deal, and so even that like it beyond like only because there were people we knew in it and people related to it uh i was very psyched they showed a picture of piebald for pete there you go. um <laughs> but uh it felt also like i was like watching uh it was like almost like you're like peering in on like something that's not for you uh and not like it was like trying to keep you away watching it uh uh but uh it it yeah, it's like the it doesn't have enough. I don't think it has enough of an entry point for the non-punk. I don't know if I agree. Really? Yeah. I, I don't think, know if I do. Either. I think because I think it does. I mean, it may not resonate, but it's almost like a behind the music, you know, because it does do the history of the band. And it isn't just sort of as if you would know who they were and so, okay, here here it is. I think because it gives you the history of, you know, the records they were doing, how they got together, I think that gives an easier entry point for sort of someone who doesn't know them versus like, you know, I keep coming back to like Instrument where that definitely feels like if you didn't Instrument know... Instrument might be for no one at this yeah. point, I'm starting to think. <laughs> Like yeah. if you watched That's a if, good comp though. That's a good comp. Yeah, yeah, if you watch that with all those like long sort of artistic meandering um, scenes. Dumb. I don't know. I I think that's definitely for the oh. fan. <laughs> <laughs> I think yes. I mean, I definitely think instrument is almost like willfully obtuse. Like, like you know, it's like willfully alienating. Uh uh in the best fugazi way possible in some ways but like no i get i wonder if it just like i i don't know i i think like maybe it would have to be marketed that way it would have to be marketed as your entry point is the theme that we're talking about like that it's like you know sure you may not understand the scene but you understand the feelings welcome to all things considered <laughs> today we're talking it, about Bade. <laughs> better than death I, heaven <laughs> matt why are you on the fence what because because i you know i had the first couple of records okay uh, seven inches i haven't thought about bane for a long time um even after watching this i'm not particularly interested i'm not going to pursue their music it's just you know i don't think it's like i might listen to that one record that they all re- recorded together because they talk about how fast and tight and they co-wrote everything and like how you know whatever i like the way they which they talk in which they talked about mm-hmm. that one but for all of that is that the one they're pro- like fuck it we're gonna go crazy yeah. two yeah. minute songs yeah. and i'm like well <laughs> yeah i mean i just need to say like i know we've talked about how like they're actually more than just a youth crew like i've talked like you know and i agree with that like they're not just like by the numbers but like every time a fan would be like and i'll just go on the ride with every crazy idea they have and i'm always like i mean i like the craziest ideas like don't, <laughs> but don't like, they have crazy ideas like i mean they mentioned like, at one that point, like, wild. <laughs> like singing is there like real singing on some of the songs uh there were a couple songs that uh 
maybe for like a verse and or i think half that, of like a line when that that la- the song they focus on in that last album is when they had all those guest mem- guest people don't uh, suck on me it. in here pete What's i don't want to talk about power man 5000 here don't why are you trying to bring me in talking about code orange <laughs> <laughs> So they had the girl anyway, uh, orange. They also had the guy who was in Have Heart Fiddle Fiddlehead. Peter Pizza Fiddlehead. Yeah, Fiddlehead Pete's head. a big fiddlehead guy. Fiddlehead head, Jeff. Fiddlehead head. Come on. Yeah. Jeff. Yeah. Um I mean all those guests are another good example of just like the it it's just so interesting. I mean, that's one of the many beautiful parts of hardcore is that there can be like this scene in this world that I love so much and know so much about, but like have heart is like a band that keeps that will come up all the Mm -hmm. time. It's like that band changed my life. That band did this. And I'm like, I think I listened to like half a record and it was like, yeah, that's cool. Sounds like hardcore. I don't know. It's very important people. There was a student I had, um, a, a college student who was like, saw my wrist at some point mm-hmm. and um, then would come and talk to me, try to talk to me about bands after class. I'm like, not really appropriate. You know, like, uh, like after the semester, you can talk to me, but you would always be like, you got to listen to new have heart. You got to listen to new have heart. And then you played, um, they played the, I think it was final show outside, outside of Worcester. Mm. There were so many people there. Yeah. Like, I think they estimated like 10,000 people. That's wild. Yeah, it's not the band. It's the, me. Like I, I'm American Nightmare. I still. I'm just like I haven't heard. Have I heard yet? What is the thing that everyone loves in this mm-hmm. band? I get. I get. Have heart. Like I. Get, I don't. I don't get. I mean, we're just like kind of like doing old man time right now. Yeah. I still don't. I don't get American Nightmare at all. Mm-hmm. But I do get Have Heart. Yeah. What about? I mean, what I, about it, Ho- but, Hope Con? Should we just do this? Like, just say what you mean. Yeah. We can't, like, why people are interested in it for like five minutes. Many I get takes must die. I've never yeah. listened to Hope Con that much. I've never heard of them. Wanted to like them because of All Pigs Must Die, and I'm like, mm. what do we, I don't even know what you're. I hope, you're talking about Hope Conspiracy. Yeah, but right? now That's they go as Hope. Now they go Hope Con. Is that right? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. And so, what's all? How is? What's the relationship to All Pigs Must Die? The singer, singer. of Same Hope singer. Conspiracy is in uh, All Pigs Must Die. The I singer in All Pigs Must Die. Oh, uh, okay. Well, Kevin this is already something. off the rails. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so you're on the fence, you know, Matt. <laughs> I. Th- I also Pete, think you know Jeff. You were saying like uh, punks like us wake up, do the same things, but they were able to tour extensively. Like the, it's not like they just did a few tours around the U.S. or or things like that. Like they hit up maybe every. I don't think they went to Africa. Um, but is most, that a little shout out to punk in Africa? Punk in Africa. <laughs> uh, they they hit up. Maybe almost every continent. They did do like touring. the catharsis style. Once they got into other countries, I was like, this is like their tour like catharsis. Yeah. Um, and they also toured, you know, like a lot of the, like they, Turnstile opened up for them. Code Orange opened up for them, like saves Why a day. Are you starting this, Pete? Don't, don't make it difficult. We just got out of old man just, section. Just teasing you. Um, oh, well, I'm just saying they toured extensively and they also... A lot of bands that are well, two bands currently that are big. Saves the day, big were big. Uh, you know, they were in those circles or having taking those people out on the road, yeah. um, opening up at that Worcester show. That's right. Wearing a wearing a funky winter hat. Singer, was wearing, <laughs> that's what I noticed. <laughs> I noticed that too. We all noticed the hat. <laughs> 
What what else we got? So you're just pointing out that they toured a lot. <laughs> no, no, I'm saying like it's not just like punks like us. Like I think that they were able to transcend and do a lot more than you know, based on like the very little output they had. Uh yes. that they found some sort of niche to like stay connected with fans and build a community that allowed them to just like keep going back to places. I don't know, you know, I I was trying to find an actual history of tour for them because Mm -hmm. that guy, I can't remember the guy was saying like his advice to him was like basically tour every, every other six weeks or something like that. Um, And I was trying to figure out like, did they actually do that? I can't, I didn't find anything, but their final tours when they went to like, you know, they did something where it was like U.S., and they were home for like a week, and then they went to Europe, and then they were home for like a week, and it, you know, it's just like going and going. Uh, yeah, and I wonder it gave me shivers. how they <laughs> kept that up because that's got to be rough, especially when you know, like Dahlbeck's Dahl talking about like he has a kid, like that just that's got to be pretty hard. When the drummer's kid was like, oh, that I'm was happy dad. That was home. Yeah, I yeah. got teared up. I was just like, Jesus Christ, I will never go on tour again. Like, God damn it. Like, until he's 16 and doesn't want me to be around right. anymore. Yeah, that was hard. I <laughs> forgot about that. The scene was, the at the last show, they're asking, are you sad that... Um, it's a weird question, first of all. I mean, the scene is like, they're asking all the, ch- the, the children of some of the band members, are you sad that the band's breaking up? Like, and the like five-year-old maybe of the um of the bass player right yeah uh drummer the drummer drummer. that's right of the drummer uh was like like he he knew that the answer was supposed to be yes (laughs) you know he's like yeah but uh i'm much more excited that my dad's not going to be gone all the time yeah yeah so that yeah that was that was that was a touching scene see lots of touching scenes like they chose th- th- those are all choices like this is what the movie is you know mm-hmm. and so there are a lot of touching th- scenes i mean you know singer ba- singer it- barrett passing away very sad mm-hmm. uh, and again it has nothing to do with except for them canceling half a tour sure has nothing to do with honestly like the history of bane it's like so what's the movie about like the movie's about like well these people have these connections and the shit runs deep you know like it's and back to that question of like would the, could could you get anything what could you take from this as a non-punk or can a non-punk take anything out of a non-fan take anything and why i think i'm on the fence here is because like i was moved so many times like those two scenes we just talked about and others and i have like a really i remember having respect for bane you know like the mid 90s but then I haven't thought about them. Mm-hmm. Right. But now I'm going to go back and think of them as a band like that warrants respect. So I'm not a non, I'm not like, I'm not an NPR Deaf Heaven fan. You know, I might be, I don't know. You know, that's that actually <laughs> might not be the best thing to say, but like, I'm right, not invested Matt's putting in putting on black gloves now all of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and he has my... a bucket hat and he's wearing a leather duster. Oh my God. Yeah. He is a. <laughs> Did you think it was too much with the 21 hold off one? Uh... <laughs> no, no, no. I'm glad you went for it. <laughs> Those... Okay. Because a lot of people just go with the six or the no. nine, but I thought, like, I'm going to go for the 21 yeah, it, hold off. It really caps off the whole. 
Outfit. And weirdly, an orange nine millimeter ringer tee underneath <laughs> your leather duster. This outfit's coming together. <laughs> uh, I got this ball necklace. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm it. I think there was like one the one moment when Dalbeck, the uh, guitar player, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he explains the hashtag boy named Scout shirt. Yeah, but it felt like that was the one that was like, oh, it just feels like thrown in. Yeah, like it was just like it just kind of happens. And then they move on to another tour, and and in 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 the grand scheme of the theme again of like this is like a family, this is a scene um, playing into even what I was saying before. But maybe I think Matt, you might have correct me in the right way that like the lyrics might be like the uh, present, not the past. About that, these right. lyrics like that the scene is important, this world is important because. It's all of the family members. It's all of that. Uh, I just, I yeah, I just think like uh, now in retrospect, I'm like, oh, I actually could do more with that. Like I just at a certain point didn't mm. need. And then we played a bunch of more shows. Like and yeah, the, the, I think I hear you there. Like the, maybe like the last show stuff for someone who's a super fan, it is pivotal. Mm-hmm. But for the story of, I mean, like, it's, it, 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 maybe that's what's kind of interesting here. It's like there's the framework and then there's the story. And the framework is the t- last, the, like, you know, the last tour and it's kind of culminating in the last couple shows. And in that framework, you're going to need to focus on those last two shows a fair amount. Mm-hmm. But if the story is really about kind of the dynamics and the people and all this kind of like interpersonal stuff, then you don't need to focus on the same things about the last show. Right. Yeah. Like it's like, you don't need, sense. I mean, but maybe, maybe the last show is not the best example because like this stuff about the last show is kind of cool. There's the whole thing about like Aaron, the singer talking about how he can't look the other members in the band in the face. Mm-hmm. Cause that was kind of like a, kind of a nice observation. Mm-hmm. Then there's the whole moment of silence they take for the guy's mother, which was just like, and I thought it was a pretty powerful scene, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and, and like, just like a, what I thought was powerful about that it was that they the band comes out and they're like yeah you know everyone's like cheering and then he says we're gonna have a moment of silence and then like within two seconds <laughs> everybody's yeah. fucking quiet yeah. right that's a fucking wild yeah. like that was the touching part of it yeah. you know because like and it actually spoke in a really deep way to like the connection between the respect that the fans have and and for him and like the connection because like I can't do that in a college classroom of twenty kids or <laughs> yeah. fifteen kids. This guy had like a couple thousand people just quiet on a dime. Well, maybe you need some more youth crew eight. lessons. Yeah, you need to be shouting out some yeah. lessons. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, 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 I just think kind of, uh, I don't know. It, it's 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 what the I guess filmmaker would want out of this, um, but it's 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 what happens when we're watching this you know on the outside but also from a documentary point of view uh is just like looking for like we could use this theme i i don't think it was the end stuff that had as much of an issue it was just like in the middle it was just like here's 20 more shows and if nothing's happening at these other shows and i'm just like i get it man i don't remember most of my tours either because they're like kind of were boring. Like it's just like I didn't do like nothing happens. It was just another show. Like a squat in Europe is like you know a squat here. They could have like, done with they, yeah. Um, they could have done without some of the show stuff, right? Yeah, and because if yeah. I understand also this world, like I was getting a little lost 
and where I was like, wait, I thought they were done. Now they're doing other tours. Like, wait, this is go. This is where the multiple endings came in. Like, and yeah. then I was just like, wait, Rica, now there's right? a Worcester Costa Rica? show. Yeah, I think some of that structure threw me off too. Of like, okay, are we are we in the history section or are we in the yeah. final tour section? Because it did sort of. It seemed like it went strong into the history, and then all of a sudden it like would go back to tour, and then all of a sudden now we're in the we're in the you know recording with Steve Austin. Now we're back to yeah. tour, um, and then there was like they did they did like a cartoon section, and then these bobblehead sections that threw me off a little bit. It was just kind of like seemed like a, very late, a random right? choice that happened very late in the movie um yeah there's a couple filmmaking moves that like felt like there was one time where they talk about was at the beginning when they're like when they're coming up with the band and they're like i and then he gave me his number he gave me dalbeck's number or something Mm -hmm. and then they have like a like b-roll footage or like they went out and shot someone giving a piece of paper (laughs) to someone (laughs) <laughs> but like it's really like two seconds and, it, well, they also and I was had just that, like, like where you don't was, have enough of that you don't do that all the time yes yeah, they did that too where when uh the original bass player pete when he talks about like finding that inside out seven inch and so then they have like yeah, oh i'm was, looking through the the <laughs> records and then i pull yeah. out inside out <laughs> yeah it's like sometimes they would do that when I, that scene happened very early on, I'm like, I'm in for a world of pain right now. <laughs> yes. Like, because that was like, why are you like play acting, looking for I'm the, glad a, they didn't a, do the play acting inch. as much. Cause I was just like, yeah, I don't, we don't, I don't need that aesthetic choice of filmmaking. <laughs> what but about the back it just and makes forth? it pop out even more where you're like, why did they need to fill it? Did they like, they had footage. Like, yeah. <laughs> what about the, the reenactment of the texting back and forth with the new bass player? Was that the similar yeah, that similar feel? Needed. Yes, they had they had an extra like five hundred bucks. They're like, uh, "What are we going to spend this money on?" Well, why don't we get someone to like make up some texts? Like, and I was actually, I mean, this is like dumb and petty in mine, but I was like, the joke I think there was the bass player was saying, and I said this, and then he and he's like, and I'm like this, and so, but the texts are his paraphrases of what they're saying. <laughs> you don't think and that was it, the exact I text? don't know. I, it threw me off in some way. I'm not even quite sure how it threw me off, but I'm like, wait, are you saying this is ex- like, the, like exactly, the, like I got, I got hung up on it. Because like, you know real... he's kind of making up what he's remembering, wording-wise, right. and then they're like, no, no, let's get a graphics yeah. guy, like film this. Uh, the bass player looks so familiar just out of his side. Like, and it might have just been because mm-hmm. of when he played the young, Barrett, the, actually. Pete. Oh, the, the original guy. one or the Yeah, the, the original. Oh, okay. Oh, the original The guy? original bass player just looked very, like, out of everyone, he, like, looked like the most familiar hmm. to me. Uh, and again, I think I it like might have been like Barrett. I feel like he looked like a promise ring guy or something. He does look He looked like yeah. an emo yeah. guy. I thought it was Emo Brian. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah. That might be who I thought it was. Yeah. I uh, could Emo see Brian being a person we went to Brian. college with? Yes. College? Yeah, he lived just, He lived down the hall from you Your fresh, hit my freshman year. Uh, it was also <laughs> fun. I mean, they really loved... I, I, it, was, it was nice to see the Adamantium tour. I forgot that I toured with uh, one of the guys in Adamantium. Oh. Uh, Dan Senna. I was in Bullet Train to Vegas. Okay. Uh, Panthers toured with. I will say the... Yes. Um, 
to bring it back to Bane and me because no. it's about me. Uh, first first show I helped do was a Bane show. Really? Yes. At the Red Barn? Not at the Red Barn. What? Old Town Hall, Andover, Massachusetts. We had Converge, Bane, Piebald, Caven, Jesuit in my eyes. I mean, classic show, bro. Classic. <laughs> classic match. Jesuit, Jesuit was the only touring band on that show? Yes. Wow. That's wild. Yeah. Caven was only supposed to... I think Caven only played a few songs because it was supposed to be their last show, but it wasn't really. It was really the... I think it might have been the first show with Dave Scrod when he started. Sure. Wait, first or last show? I think no, it was first. their first show with him. What do you with mean him? you did helped it? You just... Well, me and this other that kid Ryan, who was in Abadi Babadi, yeah. uh, did it together. Canifera wasn't on that tour. Which tour? Jesuit. Jesuit, because I'm thinking I'm thinking of when that must have been, like your junior or you know. I don't know if Jesuit around there. I think Jesuit and Piebald did a tour. I don't know if it was then. Uh, it could that, have that maybe. Sounds, that sounds familiar. Best demo okay. ever, Canifera. Oh, favorite about demo no not piebald at all <laughs> um also I, I don't know if this will go in but i was shocked that cruel hand i didn't know cruel hand was so like interwoven with bane they were just like a band i knew in like kind of like panthers worlds like because they're like that's a thing stone they're essentially like i mean from what i remember it's like they were like i feel like even like my booking agent would like mention like panthers playing with cruel hands like unless i'm merging it with different band but they were like kind of like a stoner like 70s rock band like hmm. basically um but clearly you know with all hardcore kids in it i was really surprised that like i didn't know that i didn't i mean again i don't know any of this but like the rotting out connection surprised me right like they just like because that's not a band i think of when i think of vain i think a totally different world when I think of rotting it. Like, you know, like, I don't know their music particularly well either, but they just seem really fucking tough. Yeah, it does. I mean, I, I feel like the main thing we have learned from this documentary is that, Matt, you and me, we really didn't have much of an idea about what Bane <laughs> really was or became. Right. Uh, became, that's became. for Became. Sure. Like, you knew, like, I just, I knew what they were at the demo. You know what they were at the, like, beginning, beginning stages. Right. But, like, Clearly, their kind of uh, tendrils went everywhere, mm-hmm. like surprisingly. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, it it's uh, yeah, like I it it I can I, I don't know if I'm switching over to listening to Bane uh, <laughs> that much still, um, but I can uh, I the the goal of me appreciating them happens like if well, that was the goal my job here is done and i will <laughs> be listening to them squares rate things by numbers they're gonna say this is a one this is a two this is a three it might be in a four it might be a five six seven eight nine ten and that's only if you're on a scale of one to ten if you're doing a scale of 100, 1 to 100 for a review, you're going to say, this might be a 0, this might be a 1, it might be a 2, it might be a 3, 4, 5, it might be a 6, it might be a 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, it might be a 12. Hey, 
13, 14, and not out of the question, 15, 16, distinct possibilities. 17, 18, 19, 20, you might see some of that. 21, 22, you might be a redneck. 24, <laughs> 24, hey, that's going to burn, but it's an honest review and it's a, it's a legitimate evaluation. 26, 27, 28, you know, still not great, but it might happen. Twenty-nine. Can someone stop me? No, I, I really want to come. Somebody in stop me. <laughs> Smoking. Oh, it was worth it just for that. Okay. But I wanted the commitment uh, to go all the way to a hundred. Yeah. Um, Bane would have gone to a hundred. So I'm saying. <laughs> Ouch. Um, what would Bane do? That's always got to be your motto. WWBD. Yeah. Um, okay, so so I don't think you answered the question get, about how do we rate. I'm about to okay, get well. into it. We don't rate it those ways. Uh, we, we, rate, ways. we have an impression. <laughs> we have an impressionistic rating system that is it finds its kind of. Uh-huh. <laughs> every, every the second time. season that still can't describe what we do he always starts out strong with the joke and then when it's yeah. actually time to explain it's like uh. <laughs> okay so we don't rate it like squares as I've said uh, numerous times uh, we have an impressionistic rating system that is generated it's self generated it's like the energy and the light that comes from the sun it's a genera- it's a system of evaluation and ratings of punkness that comes from within this punk documentation we pull the punkness out of this movie and then we put it up to a mirror and we look we we shine it back onto the movie and say this 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 is how punk you are and for this movie what we've pulled out of bane holding these moments <laughs> Our, Two hours talking. He's got to go look at what the title of the movie yeah. is. <laughs> is this movie as punk as flying from Germany to see a hardcore show in Worcester, Massachusetts? Is this movie as punk as the most enthusiastic and positive fan base in all of hardcore? Is this movie as punk as a Bertucci's tattoo? Didn't even talk about that. Is this movie Didn't even talk as, about classic There's not much DTD move? Yeah. <laughs> is this movie as punk as Dave Grohl? Jeff, you go first. Pete's going to close this one wow. out. I mean, it, it, this one's pretty easy. Got to go most punk as most enthusiastic fan base in all of hardcore. That is what we realized is yeah. the theme of this movie. That is what the point of this movie is. You know, well, as yes. we as we all watched it, we tried to, uh, as we do, with a critical eye, find the structure, find what is the heart, the 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 driving story of this. And it isn't the last tour. It isn't. It isn't even Bane in a lot of ways. It's the scene, man. It is the scene, and is the the fans who appreciate them and have gone on the ride for twenty plus years because they've done some reunions after that. But it's wild. Uh, and so, uh, and and uh, much like the fans, I I now. Uh, appreciate them a little uh, Bane a little bit more so Godspeed filmmaker you did it that's great answer well done although it's true what Jeff says um, and the movie is the driving story the drive of the story is this fan base I'm gonna go with this movie is as punk as a Bertucci's tattoo wow because what what because the Bertucci's tattoo is on a guy who is a friend with friends with the band, and he's. Uh, well, I think he was in Barrett. I think uh, just for, or it was I, friends maybe with I think Barrett. It was just friends. 
And he shows up most, most, of his, most of his scenes are him being up or the majority of his scenes are him talking about the singer from Barrett dying. And it's a very emotional scene, a very emotional segment. Um, so it's sincere, it's earnest, it's heartfelt. There's also this goofy Bertucci's tattoo on his arm while this is happening. And in a certain way, this is what... Can you explain the like, Bertucci's tattoo? The Bertucci's tattoo is just the Bertucci's logo <laughs> tattooed on his arm you in faded red or faded ink. For people uh, that hey, don't know, this isn't just, uh, you know, for this for worldwide, this yeah. podcast. Bertucci's yeah. is a pizza chain, I believe, maybe only in Massachusetts. There's one in New Jersey. Okay, there's just one in one? New Jersey. Only one. There's one in like South Jersey. Uh, they're South known Jersey. for their totally adequate pizza and <laughs> the caramel caramel pesto. They love that ca- oh, yeah, car- what? The caramel. Oh yeah, caramel pesto. Caramel. I meant caramelized onions. Oh. So yes, yes, that was the key. <laughs> but the little key to the little key to Bertucci's <laughs> is they put a little olive on top of your pizza. You that can also like get so thing. many free rolls that you don't even want to eat a pizza yeah. after you uh, eat yeah, all they the would rolls. Give you a lot yeah. of free rolls, and they um, have a few. Yeah. I know this is about forget. It. Just go. Tell, no, go ahead. Talk about Bertucci's, <laughs> you hungry guy. But so this guy has a tattoo of the Bertucci's <laughs> logo that includes a little black olive on his arm, and, and not so, many tattoos either. That's the other part. That no, it part. was like that. Might have been his first and only. Yeah. But <laughs> but but you know what, like. You want to look at that scene and you want to like not pay attention and not take it seriously because this guy's got a Bertucci <laughs> tattoo. But it overcomes he and the scene and the movie overcomes these things that are like kind of like apparent wow. obstacles to you taking look it seriously. At like that. Bring like it look around. at the movie. Look at look at choke in the early saying like you know the dumb line and Wrench. you know not taking them seriously. Wrench, not choke. Like, Wrench. <laughs> Sorry, we talked about it in text. I hit we it. said, I hit "Is Wrench our choke in this?" Um, but that whole thing of like, t- you know, kind of mocking and or like not, you know, being kind of a, a juvenile kind of thing, and it's like the the movie and the the band and the movie have this like, it's 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 easy to see how it could quickly detour and get uh, sidetracked by kind of like the foolishness that can kind of surround punk and everything a lot of times. But this movie really like it finds a way to, and the band finds a way to be a little more, be a, be a little more touching than it has the right to be. I'll say that. Yeah. Just like the scenes with the Bertucci's tattoo guy. Right. And when it's all said and done, you don't forget the struggle and you don't forget the streets. And I want some pizza with uh, caramelized onions and pesto. God, I no kind of kill for some of that right now, honestly. <laughs> <Yeah>. So, <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh, well said. All right, well Pete. said. Bane, Bane oh. fan number one. What do you got? Uh, this one's a tough one. I want to go. I, I mean, I wanted to go Bertucci's tattoo. It's not about what you want to go. It's what you do. I know. Go. I know. Yeah. Um, I'm torn between. That was teacher voice. I'm torn Pete, between Bertucci's. Down. I know. I know. I understand. <laughs> yeah. I'm torn. <laughs> I bet you're upset that your your favorite shoes don't fit anymore. I know, I know. <laughs> I'm going most enthusiastic and posy fan base because I it's it's somewhat a no brainer. You can't deny it. I think part of it is like as we've talked about this movie tonight, like I wasn't really sure after watching it what the through line was, but I think talking with both of you has made that more clear in terms of like their connections. Um with the fans and staying together for 20 plus years and, and also touring on like very little output. Uh, 
Yeah. I think for me that that's why I want to go there. But I really like that Bertucci's tattoo because it's like that is commitment that that guy got Bertucci's tattoo as is Bane. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for uh, that's it for this Bane. Good choice. Thank you. Good, Good choice. choice. So Matt, so what do you got? We got? Yeah, we got a Matt pick. We got a we got a. Are we going Matt. SLC Punk two? Or are we going? Whoa. I mean, please uh-huh. don't. <laughs> right. Okay, we're doing we're doing the year that Punk broke. Okay. Whoa. We you, you which means. The other F word lives to, to leave another day. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> That's the end of this episode. My name is Jeff Garlock. Up the punks. I'm Pete Zetlin. Just like the X on the back of my hand, I'm going nowhere. Is that a bait lyric? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay.